The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. Good morning. I am your social worker with a microphone on VoiceAmericaVariety.com with my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake. Thank you all for joining us this morning. And I do have to tell you, social worker with a microphone, Lauren, this is a story that, just a little tidbit, I was talking to one of, first of all, how are you this morning? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you, Catherine. Thank you. You're ahead of yourself. I, I get it. It's okay. <laughs> uh, well, I was my I was talking to my, one of my sons yesterday. I'm not going to say which one because uh, you know they're like you're telling all your stories to everybody on the air. But uh, and I was giving some advice, which they asked for. It wasn't unsolicited, so you know, mother son advice. And then he said to me, "You know, you're not very nurturing. You're more microphone than you are social worker." Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yes, and I said, "Really? You know, uh, strangers don't tell me that." But of course, it's very different when it comes to your own kids. Holy, um, yeah. Totally. That is so, I can totally see them saying that. Yes. So you understand. I knew you would understand. I totally understand. Yeah, because you're more microphone than nurturing as well. I am not. I think that is so funny that you say that. Well, I mean, we're both, you're a coach, I'm a social worker, we're both in the business, but there is an element of... of uh, no, I do have that. I totally do have that, and I have. I minimize like people's big hurdles. Like I'll, I don't. Yeah, I do do that, and I don't intend to. But I don't want to. Like I don't think there's anything majorly unique about any one human in the world. I think every human is great, but we're all the same. Well, what you just said, minimizing people's hurdles. I tend to do that too. Okay, you got a problem. It's major. Let's deal with it. But exactly. then let's go on with it, and Get you know, with this, this other stuff you can do so you can help yourself. And I don't want to do too much. Hand holding. Yeah, I totally get it, and that's probably why um, they. Pro- I used to be called the boom boom girl, and when I was had my my business in New York, the the technology business, and my clients. It's, one client in particular, he's dead now, um, and he, he was he's a wonderful guy. He would he guy would go into his office, we'd figure out what he needed in a band, and he said, "Lauren, no time for chit chat. You're the boom boom girl. Boom boom, get in, get out. You're out of here." Absolutely, that's it. That's how I see you. That's how I see myself too. Hey, you're going to be proud of me. Facebook. Are you on? Uh, you know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I don't do anything with any of them, but I'm still there and I'm still available. So I got, I told you last week, I don't know if I said it on the air, I just emailed you, but my son, Andrew Sox, is in Taking uh, taking Woodstock, Ang Lee's, Ang Lee's new film, Taking Woodstock, because this is the 40th anniversary of Woodstock. The film came out a couple weeks ago. He has a one line in it, and obviously he's in the credits. So I... Through Facebook, I get somebody, an old friend of mine from California, uh, sends me a you know uh, a message, and it's I was watching Taking Woodstock, and I saw Andrew Zox, and she and I thought it was you know was it your the Andrew Zox that I used to know as a baby, and she looked him up, and yes, it was, and then she said, and I looked up you and your radio show, and so we've reconnected. 
That's a great Facebook story. Isn't it? And also, Lauren, as it turns out, two of her boys live in New York City. And as you know, I spend a lot of time in NYC. So anyway, that was uh, a big uh, a connection from long ago. But she, this is what she said. I don't want to read the whole thing, but she said, when we used to, talking about, I mean, because it was fairly long ago. Anyway, she's talking about, I remember you, you and I were in Bergdorf's in New York, and we used to see these ladies in their 40s, 50s, and or 50s and 60s, I guess, all dressed up and trying to look like they were in their 30s. And we said, you know, if you ever, ever start dressing like that, shoot me. She said, but, of course, now I live in California, and I am dressing like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I do, but don't shoot me. But it reminded me, and this I'm bringing this up because I want you to respond to this. There's a new book out, and the publicist sent me the book to be on the show, but not today, but I'm, I want to talk about it. It's called How Not to Act Old. So it's I, I mean, love the name of that book. How Not to Act Old, Pamela Redmond Satron, S-A-T-R-O-N. And you can go hownottoactold.com. She is a column. She writes for Glamour. Uh-huh. She writes for the New York Times, the Huffington Post. It's very funny. Listen to this. And, I mean, do you relate to any of this, or does anybody listening to us relate to any of this? And this is how not to work old, because... How not to go to? How not to work old? What not to do at work and be like you're old? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> and one of the things she says, I mean, you work mostly with, you know, I mean, you're working with entrepreneurs, but this, this, I think this applies to. It's she, she's got. Oh, I'm losing my headphones. Um, don't arrive at the crack of dawn and make everyone feel guilty for not being there as early as it, it, as early as you. If you're bushy-tailed and at your desk by 6.35, at least have the good grace to keep your mouth shut about it. <laughs> yep, good. Yeah, right? Does that date you? Yeah. I mean, these people who come in and say, oh, I was here at 5 o'clock in the morning, it's like, well, good for you. Yeah, I wasn't. Who are you that you were in bed? Yeah, right. <laughs> and in bed with somebody. Exactly. Hey, I was doing some fun stuff at 5 o'clock or 6.35 in the morning. <laughs> Don't arrive at the crack of dawn. That does. That dates you. Here's another one. Don't bring donuts. No, don't bring donuts. Does that I make agree sense? With that. No way. Because it's like your mother, you're like mommy bringing donuts and feeding the office. So uh, whoever, you know, listeners, you're 40 plus and you're going back to work or you're trying to get back, don't do this. And I'll, we'll just address the, the women. Don't, you know, this makes you seem like you're like really old. It's not cool to do that. Don't bring, don't bring food. Well, I think donuts in particular is really bad. Why are donuts worse than bringing cupcakes? <laughs> oh, no, they're both cookies. bad. They're both bad because they're just so unhealthy, and I think that the new way in the world is healthy. Yeah, but that's not just what you're bringing. It's the fact that you feel like you have to be mommy and nurture. <laughs> you know, I, I I'm raising you. my children. Now I'm going back to work, and so uh, that's part of that. Uh, this really dates me because uh, you're right. Donuts and cookies and stuff, that's bad. It works. I don't think you should even be bringing organic vegetables. Just don't bring oh, anything. Oh, I wouldn't do that either. I really wouldn't. But sometimes there's like, <clears throat> you know, you might have stopped in a cool little bakery for something, and you saw and bakery is not the right thing. You, you know, who knows? I don't, I don't usually bring food to an office. I would never do that, actually. I would never do that. Let somebody else bring the food in if they want to. There's a time and place to bring the food. You don't bring the food, yeah. She says that dates you. She's right. That that, that really brings in that mommy stuff, and I don't think that necessarily has to be brought in. It it dates you. You don't need to be feeding the world. Um, Here's another one. Uh, Don't... (laughs) 
don't punch the time clock. I mean, yes, you have to go to work and work at a certain time, but um, don't keep making a big deal about punching in and punching out and time because that's a very dated kind of thing. Do you agree? I do agree, and I think that I, that stuff, I have to be honest with you, that makes me crazy when people are, like start, they, they arrive exactly on time and look, they're watching their watch to walk out exactly on time. Makes me crazy. Like people who are working for you. Yes. It's a big deal. I don't like that one. It makes me crazy. I mean, I do like that one. I don't like that particular behavior because it makes me feel like it's all about it's all about putting in the time versus getting the job done well, whatever it is. I don't care if they do the job well. They could leave early as long as they did the job well. Totally agree. Exactly. Leave some room for some, you know, it's not all on this rigid time schedule kind of thing, which brings us to the next one that she talks about. And I find this all, the, this is really not just in the workplace, but like in social kinds of things, Lauren, no long-range planning, looking too far ahead, wanting firm commitments on times and places and into the future. Not to say that you, in business you have to have a plan and you have to have goals and those kinds of things, but I find that people who are getting older, they want to know exactly, you know, we have tickets three months in advance for some show, and do you want to come and have dinner with, I don't know. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to be doing three months in advance. My husband says the same thing. He doesn't like that. <clears throat> now, I can put it in my calendar. I'm a little less able to do that these days, but I don't mind planning out for a very special thing. I don't mind. I don't mind. I can't get my husband to commit for three days out. Come on over here, Rob. You and I would get along great. No commitments here. Hey. You're both Leos, remember. Maybe exactly. that's part of it. If I'm hungry on Saturday night and I feel I'll like eat. going that's to a great, great restaurant, I'll go. But don't make me plan this like four yeah, months in advance. Right. I'm definitely, I could plan a little farther out than he can, for sure. I usually plan a month out, but that's, you know, in order for the business-wise, I have to. Social, I can very last minute, hey, what do you want? You, you want to go to dinner in an hour? You know, I come up for that. They say, whoever they are, that that's one of the things that really dates people, that older I don't know, people over 40 always want to have things planned out. That's funny. I don't, I don't know. I don't know a lot of people like that these days. So, you, as, now, is this gearing to business or for, or for personal? Well, now I've switched to personal. Okay. Because I find that that's true. You know, like doing things like, see, I like to be available. I have friends who will call up and say, hey, we're going so-and-so, you know, we're going to have dinner at such-and-such, like, the same night, want to join us, and I like to have some free time to do that. I don't want to have everything booked. Well, every, yeah, every because then there's no room for spontaneity and surprises. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I agree. Um, that, I mean, this was there's a whole lot of stuff in this book, but go to, if you want to find the rest of the stuff or the cheap stuff. And talking stay young. About how Not to Act Old, you go to hownottoactold.com. That is so funny. What a great book. The cover of the book has women's underwear on the front. They're like big old ones? Yeah, big old ones, those big old lady underwear things. Oh, and God. then it's like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's the underwear that's the opposite of the big old lady underwear? Cute little bikini underwear. Bikini underwear. And yeah, this is a bikini in uh, like leopard spots. And they're <coughs> both like hanging on a clothesline. I like those. Which ones? The old lady the cute ones? Cute little the leopard ones. <laughs> the leopard ones. <laughs> Leopard bikini underwear, so you're not dated. This is a riot. Okay, this is very funny. And always refer to things as voicemail, not a message. There are these, like, little words that people say that are kind of, like, dated stuff. Be careful if you want to be hip. 
so good. I love that book. She'll be tons of fun. Yeah, it is. It's a fun book. It, it really is. Anyway, so that's my recommendation for that book. Um, also, I would, you know, we've got somebody coming up at not in the next, uh, what time, you know, around 10.30. One of the a big issue today is, talk about old, but it's also with young, it's with everybody, uh, chronic pain. Uh-huh. I don't, it's a big chronic, deal. What? It's a big deal. It is a big deal, and it seems to be real, for whatever reason, whether people are doing too much or overextending themselves, exercising, chronic illness, whatever it is, chronic pain is a big issue or it's a big problem here, at least in the United States. So we are going to have, uh, as part of this program, Dr. David Provenzano and Penny Cowan, and they're going to, they are, uh, leaders. Let me see, this doc, I mean, I, what are their titles right now? Um, in this, Pain. Dr. Provenzano is president of the American Chronic Pain Association, uh-huh. and the group's founder and executive director is Penny Cowan, and they're going to talk to us about how to relieve chronic pain. I have lots of friends who are in chronic pain for lots of different reasons, and it, what happens is it begins to, it affects your life. It affects not just your physical, but your psyche. If you have to constantly live in pain and you don't want to be medicated all the time. I mean, there are different things that you can do. But um, So I thought that was like a really uh, kind of topic that perhaps listeners want to hear about. Big topic. That's an important one. And I think it's a very, um, I mean, I remember in my old neighborhood, actually, near you, <clears throat> there was a one of my neighbors drove around in this amazing, you know, boy car. I don't know what it was. but um, And his license plate said, Pain MD. He was a pain doctor. And I thought, how awful to flaunt your fact that you're giving people medicine all day long and making big dollars on it and putting it on your license plate. <laughs> he was proud of who he was. Oh, or who my he is. goodness. I what he's but doing I think now it's a huge moneymaker, too. What? It's a big moneymaker. Huge moneymaker. And there are other ways of alleviating pain besides medication, Absolutely. too. Exercise and, and, and it's a lifestyle uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Med- lifestyle, meditation, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Dressing, exercise. Counter medications, prescription medications, all that stuff. Uh, so anyway, we've only we are down to the minute. So we will Lauren Beller Blake, Catherine Zox, we're talking to you on Voice America Variety. I'm your social worker with a microphone. And uh, don't go away because Lauren and I will be back in a few minutes. News. Opinion. Can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty's has just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is Life, Life is Dance, broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Can't stop now. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. 
Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. You are listening to the Captain Stock Show. I'm your social worker with a microphone with Lauren Beller Blake, my co host. And she and I are on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. And you can call us at 866-472-5787. Can they get a word? Oh, one of the things they say, we were talking about how not to act old, and then I don't want to talk about this anymore. But one of the things they say is, don't old. Don't laugh and make a big laugh because people who are older laugh. I do that. I realize I have to stop laughing because it's... No, I don't. I don't agree with that one. You don't? Absolutely not. It says that if you laugh all the time, it's like, why do you have to laugh in public and make such a deal about it? Because it means you're not laughing that much in private. You don't have good stuff happening in your life. I don't agree. I don't agree with that one. Sorry, Catherine. Laugh away. Laughing is such an important, it's good, healthy way of being. Laugh away, girl. It releases all those whatever they are. There's a chemical thing it releases so that you not suffer. You know, you don't exactly. Yeah. So, Laugh away. All right. So keep on laughing. Um, yes. You know, we were, well. I talked. I said our guest is going to two guests. The doctor who's the head of the uh, pain medication or pain uh, American Chronic Pain Association is going to be on the show in in a few minutes. Coming up next, and so during the break, Lauren, you said. You, You've got allergies. You've got well, you're like Ooh, I'm a new allergy sufferer. Yes, hoping it will go away when I move. But yeah, I mean, so many people tell me, oh, just take that. I don't know what it's called, ZPAP or something. I don't even know what it is, but they're drugs. And everybody says, oh, that's the best drug. That's the best. This one, take this. No, take this. Drug. It's a big deal. I mean, I could get caught, totally caught up in that world, and I don't really want to. So I do like I have my morning routine of. After I take a shower, I do my neti pot, and, you know, there's ways to just handle it, which becomes a way of lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. So it's not, it, it is a lifestyle. So let's say you have allergies, and yours are recent, so you never yeah, had childhood new. allergies, but months. now because of where you live and because of the air and the, or lack of air, I guess, and <laughs> exactly. there's mold and all that kind of bad stuff. And so, okay, so you have allergies now, and you don't want to drug yourself. You want to do other stuff to alleviate the You can do other things as well. Absolutely. And I think that there's so many. The other thing is, I, you know, we all do weird things. I had a, um, 
like a shoulder injury, excuse me, I don't know how I did it, and I was having trouble with my arm moving it in like every motion, every, I couldn't move it in every direction, and a lot of people would have probably ended up in surgery over it, and I said, no, I'm going to do my daily few shoulder exercises, and it's all gone, all gone. Perfect, yeah, that's an example. They'd love to do surgery on you if they They can. They do. Yeah, if the surgeon can get a hold of you. But getting back to your allergy thing, well, I was watching the Today Show just briefly this morning, and Matt Lauer, did you see it? No, I didn't see the Today Show today. I was up really early and working in the kitchen for Sierra's school. What's, what happened? Apparently, and I, he did this, this, uh, this seg uh, with a physician, um, and this physician was, I think, from Sinai Hospital in New York City, but uh, who talked about this, who talked about uh, the issue of shower heads. Apparently, and I don't want to scare people because apparently they're lurking in shower heads or all this bacteria, and and that if you have, a, if you take a shower every day and you take a shower for a long period of time, yeah. and you have a compromised immune system. Yeah, how I interpreted it. I have to qualify <clears throat> myself because um, you probably can go online and see the sake if you want to. But that, and they gave an example of this one woman who had taken long, long showers, and she had ingested the, this bacteria from her shower head, and ended up having like a really bad chronic case of you know lung problems, almost like uh, interesting. Uh, yes. Almost not like emphysema, but the other lung disease that one used to get that they used to have. Oh, tuberculosis. Uh, yeah, tuberculosis. Wow, there's so many crazy things out there. It's now, crazy. Yeah, but don't get frightened. But it, I guess you really need to clean your shower heads. Whoever so, cleans their shower head. What? Whoever cleans, like the outside or inside? I, well, I guess the outside. I mean, I just, you know, I have a cleaning lady. She just cleans it. I don't know what she does with it, but I mean, you know, I don't doesn't take it apart, but they also said that which is the best kind of shower head, metal or plastic, and metal is better than plastic. Apparently, plastic um, needs, requires more attention because it does attract more of the bacteria. Weird stuff. So if you want more stuff to worry about, hey, you can worry say. about your shower head, and maybe that's a good reason for taking a bath once in a while and not always taking a shower. I think men take showers all the time. Women probably do both. I take showers much more, but we have a hot tub, so, you know, I use my hot tub. If I'm going to feel like a bath, I jump in the hot tub. Yeah, well, not everybody has a hot tub, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, everybody. For a long so time. If you I don't like have a hot too. tub and you just have a bathtub, then take a bath. It's true. <laughs> Sorry, did I do it? I think maybe we should start a new book. I have an idea for a new book. How not to look like an obnoxious idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know what is obnoxious? You just have to say, no, you just have to be who you are. Not hide what you have or who you are. In good faith, just be who you exactly. are. Exactly. I totally like agree with that. What? Yeah, it's not like you're bragging. This is who I am. It's not, I'm not, I don't intend to brag. I think a lot of people have hot tubs. I don't realize that I'm not, I don't know, I think whatever. Oh, my God, it's so funny. <laughs> Here's one. Did you, this is horrible. What did you think about this Yale murder? You oh, know, my what? goodness. 
I don't understand what happened. And I, I didn't understand because yesterday morning on the news, they said they found somebody with, and he's got scratches all over his body, and they thought there was going to be arrest, a pending arrest any minute. And then last night I turned on the news, and they're interviewing 200 people, and there's no arrest, and they have no leads. I didn't understand. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, and I can ima- can't imagine that you don't, but we're talking about this Yale graduate student who was found dead in one of the uh, research buildings. She was getting her PhD. She, she was a PhD student in pharmacology, and um, she was uh, 24 years old. Annie Lee, Annie Lur. It's L E. I don't know how you pronounce it, but anyway, as I understand it, she was supposed to get married that day. Uh, well, that day? I thought it was soon. I didn't well, realize it was that this day. This is according That's to awful. the Associated Press. Police found her body at about 5 p.m. on Sunday, last Sunday, uh, the day she was to marry Columbia University graduate student Jonathan Wadowski. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they feel, not that, I guess he's not considered a suspect, but uh, that they feel that it was not a random kind of thing, which... You know, you always wonder whether they say that so that the students don't get frightened. I mean, I don't know, or whether it's actually true that they have an idea that there is somebody who was specifically targeting her. Oh, so crazy. Well, I mean, I don't think anybody deserves that. I just oh. that's just so horrific. Yeah, oh. it's so it, it really and, and it seems to be more prevalent. I mean, on these campuses, you have, especially with young women, you have these predators following young women late at night and. You know, and um, I think more so with the women than the men. But anyway, that's a terrible story. It says police believe victim was targeted and that killing is an inside job. Uh, However, there are no arrests, whatever an inside job means. But that's scary. Very scary. Yeah, all right. Well, here's another one. Um, This is... You know, I talk about, we we talk about, I guess, a lot of the times on the show about uh, caregiving, because that's another big issue, especially as a social worker, a caregiver. Also, you know, you you, uh, coaching entrepreneurs, but uh, there are a lot of caregiving businesses now that are... More and more. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have been working with a couple women um, just recently that called in just to get a sense of what I do, and really interesting, the very narrow niches around this particular growing industry coming out. So somebody wanted to become a big fish who has that business caregiving. Sure, it, yeah, and a couple. You know, and very. I know some people in elder law in particular. Just that's their niche. And then another woman. She's all about um, helping either the elder person or their family find, get the planning in place for the best, the best care based on what's going on with that person at whatever stage they're at. Yeah, and this is a big, first of all, because of the population, and it's a, it's a growing, it's a big business. Well, there's a new book called Happy to 102. Oh, that's great. That's a yeah. nice title. And this, this uh, actually, I had interviewed her, and this is like, a, um, this, her name is, I'm looking for her name now, I can't find it, but she talks about, she actually has a business, um, and it, it is a, she trains people. It's, it's a caregiver training system. Balanced care method. Every time I hear the word balanced, I think of you. But <laughs> balanced Why, because care. I am because I'm crazy. Yeah, uh, it, her, and, and she, I want to talk more about it, but we only have a few minutes left. But anyway, uh, she has very specific kinds of training programs for people who are 
either individual caregivers or having, or as you say, opening up businesses that have to do with caregiving, about helping people to be living longer. She calls it healthy longevity. It's not simply living longer, but living longer in a healthy way. And some very specific, she has like five key elements which she incorporates into her book, Happy to 102, um, about how to live longer healthily. And then she has a training program for caregivers. It's a whole caregiver training system. Very good. I, yeah. I think it's, we're going to see more and more of it, especially as the baby boomers get into that, you know, older and older as they age. It's just such a growing population, obviously. Yeah, it is. It's a ma- and it's going to be a major business because she said caregiving traditionally, oh, we already have our guests. It is, uh, they are ready to go. So I think we're going, you know, because it's such a short period of time, perhaps we will, um, not take our break right now, and we'll get right into our next guest, which I've already announced, because we've been talking about uh, news about the misuse of pain medicines, uh, causing alarm among people living with pain, their families, caregivers, and healthcare professionals. Living with pain can be overwhelming, as you and I talked about, and people shouldn't have to suffer in silence or in fear. So, joining us this morning... Uh, to sort out the confusion and offer advice on how pain medication can be taken appropriately and safely is Dr. David Provenzano, President of the American Chronic Pain Association and the group's founder and executive director, Penny Cowan. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning. Thank you for having us. Okay, well, let's get to it because we only have five minutes. Um, Dr. Penny, how prevalent is the problem of chronic pain and how is it treated? Unfortunately, uh, you know, about 57% of the population has chronic pain, so a large number of people have it. 50 million Americans uh, suffer from chronic pain. Uh, but the good news is that there are a lot of ways uh, to reduce your chronic pain. And I say reduce rather than get rid of all your chronic pain, because that's often what's involved with chronic pain is pain reduction. But okay, so it's pain reduction. So how do we do it? How do we reduce, um, well, if, by reducing pain, as you say, not get rid of it, uh, but what about the risk of the abuse and misuse of pain medication, doctor? Unfortunately, some medications are misused and some medications are abused. And I think we all as healthcare professionals and also individuals suffering from chronic pain really need to take an active role in limiting that abuse. Once we've attacked that, then we can get back to the key message, which is that these medications can be used effectively to treat chronic pain when used appropriately. And that's how we have to really get there. All right, so it has to be used appropriately. What are, either one of you can answer this question, but what are some of the benefits and the risk, let's get real specific about this, of over-the-counter and prescription pain medications for chronic pain? Well, I think the benefits are very clear that if you take them as prescribed, that you're going to see an increase in your function, probably a reduction, not a complete elimination, but a reduction in your pain, and hopefully you are going to see a better quality of life. Uh, Taken as prescribed is is probably the key here. Talking to your pharmacist, if you're looking for over-the-counter medications along with the prescription, don't just go and buy whatever you want. You have to talk to the pharmacist, talk to your healthcare professionals about the medications you're taking. The benefits, again, are to be able to function better. The risks, of course, are taking more than prescribed, not following directions, mixing medications, taking from somebody else. I mean, there's a lot of risk. I think the bottom line is common sense and the right questions. 
Well, I have a question about that because, you know, I mean, this is good advice that you're both giving, but what about, I mean, it's very hard to resist when you have the pharmaceutical companies like advertising to the consumer on television or radio or on the net so that it seems to me it kind of encourages us as the consumer to go in there and buy those over-the-counter medications or try to convince our doctors to give us meds that perhaps we don't need. How do you handle that as a consumer? Well, I, I think that you have to ask yourself, is this something that's going to benefit me or is this something that's going to maybe increase my pain or give me other issues? And again, it goes back to asking your healthcare professional or the pharmacist, is this the appropriate medication for me based on my medical history and all the other medications that I'm taking? Uh, you know, we have advertisements for lots of things, but that doesn't mean we're going to go out and buy them. So, again, I think a lot of it is common sense, what's best for me as an individual. I don't know if Dr. Provenzano no, wants to add that to that. I think that those are excellent points. And really understanding that medication is only one tool in the toolbox and that we need to work with other treatments at times, too, and that... Uh, we have a great resource for people in chronic pain uh, called the American Chronic Pain Association Consumer Guide to Pain Medications and Treatment, where we talk about some of these treatments. And I think this provides you to have a much more educated conversation with your healthcare professional. Yeah. So, in other words, be an intelligent consumer. Realize that pain medication can help you. It also has side effects. So you just really have to have all the information. Since we have about a minute left, I think, could you direct us to specific websites or are my listeners so that they, you know, obviously they want more information. We're kind of just whetting their appetite with this conversation, like like specific websites to go to so that they can get more information about uh, chronic pain and how to reduce and, and not abuse or misuse uh, medication. Sure, there's, our webpage is .acpa.org, and as you mentioned, the Consumer Guide to Pain Medication and Treatment is going to go live at the end of this week with a video format so people will actually be able to listen to what people say. We also have an 800 number, which is 800-533-3231. They can call. We're more than willing to send them a lot of information. Terrific. Dr. David Provenzano, who's president of the American Chronic Pain Association, and the group's founder and executive director, Penny Cowan. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank, Thank you so you much Catherine. for having us. Yeah, great to have you. Uh, well, there you go, Lauren. I think that's part of the whole thing. You know, uh, you need the information. You need to be able to have access to, to pain medication because of this, what is he, 60% of people in the United States have chronic pain or suffer from chronic pain? Crazy. <clears throat> but I think it's true. I also heard, I think it does relate to unhealthy lifestyles. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, and I think he alluded to that. Yeah. That's another thing. You and I can talk about that. When we come back, because now we will take our little short break, um, I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you are listening to Lauren Beller-Blake on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Don't go away. Uh, it's the Catherine Zox. So, you know, I think uh, I've got, there we go. We'll be back in a minute. Ask 
the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Is it really true that nearly half of all marriages end in divorce? Get the answers to this and other questions about relationships on Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak. The program's devoted to marriage, divorce, midlife dating, and men-women relationships in general. Jim and his guest experts will have plenty of information, insights, and advice for you, all as part of a lively and wide-ranging discussion about today's relationships. You can listen Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, for Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak on Voice America. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern-day Renaissance man Ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within, your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to the Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll free number is 866 472 5788. That number again is 866 472 5788. We're back to Catherine Zox Show, your social worker with a microphone. Catherine Zox with my co host Lauren Beller Blake. And uh, good morning, everyone. Maybe you're just joining us. Who knows? You can't get up if you're on the West Coast at 7 o'clock in the morning. I don't blame you. <laughs> don't get any extra credit for doing that. But if you can't get up and listen to our show at 7, it doesn't really matter because you can listen to it, and we don't say this enough, Lauren, you can go online at voiceamericavariety.com, the Catherine Zock Show, and all of these shows are archived. So you just pick the show and, and, and go with it. So once the show has been aired, usually in the afternoon, it's right up on the website, and you can download it if you want to onto your own website. You can also put it on your iPod and listen to, or your iPhone and listen to it. Yes. And where else? What else can they do with it? They could put it on their iPhone. They can download it on their computer. They could put it on their. They could link it to, from their website. I think they can do anything with it, just like a regular audio file. Exactly. So there's. So don't. So if you, as I say, get back to this. So if you didn't get up at seven and you want to listen to it, go ahead. Just go to the website. I remember, you know, I was talking, you and I, well, we were talking about uh, caregivers. It's a big, big business, 
and things are changing in the caregiver business. It's not just social workers and, and physical therapists and doctors and nurses going in to, to monitor people's care, either you know, in their homes or even at caregiving facilities. It has to do with a more, taking a more proactive approach and really helping your loved one, whoever it is you're doing the caregiving with, so that they can not just live longer, but they can live longer in a healthy way. And this is the name of the book, Happy to 102, The Best-Kept Secrets to a Long and healthy, Happy Life. And the author is Lily Sarafan, S-A-R-A-F-A-N. Fantastic. Went to Stanford, has her master's uh, at Stanford, and she has been involved in the... Um, caregiving business for quite a long time. So um, she's the Chief Operating Officer of Home Care Assistance, North America's premier provider of in-home care for seniors. So anyone listening wants more information about that, you can just go to her website or you can go to the website Happy to 102. Nice. Yeah, and she gives real... <clears throat> yeah. There's actually a new... I don't know if it's... It's kind of a new... Um, body of knowledge now. It has geriatric psychology, the, the psychology of geriatrics. Geriatric psychology is what it's called. Doesn't surprise, <coughs> excuse me, it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. It's a whole new area we're looking at. <coughs> I yeah. love the new concept that I'm seeing more and more, and I was just talking about the other day, of having daycare facilities for kids that include a section for people, you know, older people, that they drop off to and they, they co-mingle. That has been something they have been doing, and but they haven't been doing it, I guess, I was going to say they haven't been doing it well. That, that was a concept that's been around for like 10 years. Yeah. And they never have gone with it. Um, they would take seniors... Or they, well, they also did the opposite. You know, they would bring young kids. I mean, I think even my kids. So we're talking quite a while ago. My youngest, they would take the kindergarten. You know, the kids in elementary school, and then they would bring them for an afternoon to a rehab center, or they would bring them to a, a nursing home. I think it's so brilliant to start putting those two populations together because they both need care. So yeah, why well, not put them in the, the same? It's, yeah, the older people, it's like having their grandchildren there, having young people there. It also introduces young people to old people so they're not afraid of them, so that they, because sometimes younger kids are afraid of older people. That's just true. That is very true. <laughs> and a lot of kids are afraid of me. <laughs> they're afraid of you? <laughs> no. You're so scary. <laughs> but they are. You know, they see somebody in a wheelchair. They see somebody old. I remember taking one of my sons to visit his great aunt, and this was at a nursing home in Iowa, and we walked into her room, and she said, come over here, Johnny, and he tore out of there. (laughs) He was so afraid. That is so funny. Because just of the way she looked and the sound of her voice, and she was in a wheelchair, so he wasn't familiar with it. Yeah. Funny. So, you know, you need to familiarize the young kids, and then they have more of a relationship with their own grandparents, and then the older people stay younger if they have the advantage of being around young people. So, it, you know, it, it works. It's a great concept. It is a great concept. And I, th- I think we have to come up with creative ways. Like, can you imagine if um, your mother or father, not yours, you know, I'm making it up, it, you know, your, one of your parents or both your parents live with you during the day and you left for work or you work from home and just didn't have the, 
the uh, you know time or energy or whatever to care for them during the day. It gives them a change of scenery. You drop them off or you drop the kids off or whatever. You know, drop them off so they can have a day out and you pick them back up and they're back in your home with you. Exactly. I just think it's yeah, smart. It's a, yeah, it is. It's a great concept. So, and there's all kinds of stuff like that that they are, you know, <clears> they've that's been going with it, but they. Um, I think those kinds of things are, are, you know, especially with the aging population, living longer and healthier. Yeah, I think we have to be really creative with how we're managing that. Yeah. Well, you know, older parent, the aging of our parents, aging of you know, ourselves, are, you know, in the process. Exactly. We have, we're going to take another break now, so we'll get back on our <coughs> break schedule. We don't want to get off schedule. Uh, you're listening to Lauren Beller Blake, my co-host, Catherine Zox, social worker with a microphone. Not just a social worker, but your social worker uh-huh. on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Don't go away, guys, because we will be back in a minute. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Total career success. What does it mean to you? Voice America presents a radio program dedicated to help you achieve your career goal. Even in times of economic uncertainty, you can achieve your financial goals. Whether you're a college grad, new in the working environment, or a top-level executive, you will benefit from the practical and proven advice on job search and career advancement. Join Ken and Cheryl Dawson every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for Total Career Success on Voice America. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Want to have behind-the-scenes access to some of the greatest minds of today? On Shift in Action, we feature leading-edge innovators who are building a more conscious, sustainable, and healthy culture. Host Stephen Dynan offers live shows with evolutionary leaders such as Deepak Chopra, Van Jones, and others who are creating new paradigms for conscious living. You can keep your finger on the pulse of the latest frontier work with our weekly transmission of inspired wisdom on Shift in Action, broadcast live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Sox, your social worker with a microphone with Lauren Beller Blake on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Call us if you have a question or you have a comment or you want to say something to us at 866-472-5787, 866-472-5787. Lauren, 
we've been talking about caregiving and I'm caregiving and doing it in the right way and there are all these new things happening and the demographics are changing and we've got lots of people who need care and lots of big businesses that are starting up, uh, you know, that are, are have to do with uh, providing care for our elderly or our aging population. But you mentioned something because you're in the business, entrepreneurs, there are some niches in this kind of in this caregiving thing and you I think had mentioned something to me. Tell me tell well, us I think there's lots of niches happening of how to serve this aging population and I'm seeing that from an entrepreneur standpoint. But one client in particular, she is an organizer. She's that's what she does is she helps people organize, but she's found her niche very, very um, narrowly and what she does is she she serves very specifically, people that are moving from large homes into and downsizing into small, like assisted living apartments. You know, they're downsizing really to some very small places, and that's a big deal to figure out what to leave, what to let go of, and how to organize it more in that space so that it doesn't feel so squished and boxed in. So that's her. That's exactly what she does. She works, you know, moving people into assisted living spaces and helps them very specifically to organize. Because. One of the things is that this org- helping people to organize and get rid of stuff, that's a big business of its, in and of itself. Like it, it is. It is. But the, remember, the more successful somebody is, it, I think that the more narrow the niche, the more successful they will be in serving that niche. So that, I love how narrow that niche is. This has to do with the psychology of geriatrics also because it's not simply organizing people or helping them to downsize because they are 65 years old, they're going to buy a smaller co- an apartment or condo and get rid of that big house. But there's a whole psychology that one has to deal with as well, like in terms of what you get rid of and how meaningful is it to you and not helping, not getting somebody to get rid of something um, just because it's expedient, but you have to know how much meaning is attached to that object or that chair or that whatever the you know, hell it is. But So that's important, too. You really have to understand the, the, the person in terms of – I don't know what you, the, the person that you're talking about who provides this service. They must have to have some kind of a, a psychological profile, in a way, of helping people to downsize. <clears throat> I think that um... – over time, she's probably gotten really good at just knowing the psychology of the older person, you know, the, the elderly person or aging person. Um, but it's not her specialty. Her specialty is in organizing and coaching. But she has become an expert with this particular segment of the population, which is brilliant. I love how, again, how narrow it is. So many entrepreneurs go into a new business, and it's so broad that they can't possibly get known. And she just has been, you know, she actually networks among older, you know, living, assisted living facilities, which is just so tiny and brilliant. What about, is there something like a downside, Lauren, to getting too specific or having your niche too tight? I mean, what, no. there has to be some kind of a downside. There's not. The more, the, narrow, the, more, the more narrow you can make your niche, the more powerful you, and more, more quickly you become an expert because you can charge more because you're an expert. You can, you'll get known in a larger, wider um, geographic area the more narrow your niche. It's very important to narrow your niche. If you want to be an expert quickly, you want to narrow your niche as small as you possibly can. 
what happens when the economy downsizes, though? What happens when you wind up in a, in a recession like we are right now and you've had this small niche that no longer is needed because people are – I can't think of an example. You tell me. Some business I don't, I don't, kind of goes down the tubes because people don't want it. They don't have enough money to pay for it well, anymore and you've got to pay for the basic. If your one that is getting you know, very directly hit by a recession, then obviously that's going to impact you. But her particular niche is actually doing better in a recession. And there are a lot of businesses that do better. Absolutely. I have a friend who's a bankruptcy attorney. Hey, exactly. he's doing great. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I saw one recently. I was just amazed that they were doing great in the recession. I can't think of who it was right now. Things you wouldn't even imagine. People in a recession do really, really well. Just so interesting. And then others, obviously, are struggling because people are hanging on tighter to money. But I think it's—I do think it's coming back. I'm, I'm seeing it even in my business, the ebb and flow of how people are getting a little more confident in investing in themselves. But you didn't answer my question because what if you have one of those businesses that, you know, you've got this very – you have this niche business. Think of one. I don't know. Uh, you know, silk underwear, that people no longer are going to buy silk underwear. Uh, you have a specialty shop because it's silk underwear where for, you know, ladies from, you know, 20 to 40, uh, and then suddenly no one's going to be buying that because that's probably the last thing on your list if you can't, you know, if, if money is tight. Is there a way to segue into another business, I mean, business, or did you just get yourself into a niche and then you're finished? You know, I can't, I cannot think of a niche that's so narrow and it's, it does you, it harms you because it's too narrow. I really can't think of one because I... The more narrow it is, the more you just go larger in your geographic footprint. So here she is. She's just a perfect example. She has a Austin, the greater Austin area, as her her footprint. And if she was to move, or if she was, if she wanted to go larger, she could go larger because she could network just among assisted living programs throughout the country. Yeah, so she, well, now you're talking about something else, and I think that's a good point because today you're not really confined to Austin, Texas, or New York, New York, and once you've established yourself in one of those places, you can take it anywhere. Exactly. So there's nothing, I've never seen where your niche is, anybody's niche is too narrow. I've only seen it be more powerful, and there's no, I, I literally, in almost 10 years of doing this, have never seen a niche that's too narrow. So when you have people who come in and the niche is, is too wide. Is that That's always the, the bigger pro- You have entrepreneurs coming into the program, the Big Fish program, and it's like you've just, you're trying to do too much with too many people and you've got to narrow it down? Exactly. Always. It's always that we go too big because we're fearful that we're going to not have enough clients. All right, so then that's really that would be one of, that I guess that's one of the focuses of the program because you no matter you're saying no matter what the business is, people yeah. come in and they're just they, they they're they're just afraid they're not going to be able to keep on going and especially in the beginning if you don't yeah. have that many clients. Exactly. And so, again, the more narrow the even at the out the at starting gates, the more narrow the niche, the better off you are. Right. That's a good point. So, all right, I think there are, so what's our thing, you know, you always say we should have a little, at the end of the program, give a little bit of a, a speech for the day or a couple sentences. Uh, let's see, well, after our pain discussion, I really think it's what's the one thing you need to do for your lifestyle or in your lifestyle that will exponentially help you take care of yourself. All right, besides drugs. Besides drugs, you know, lifestyle, yeah, positive lifestyle. Positive lifestyle, whether it's chronic pain and 60% of you are suffering from chronic pain, lifestyle changes. It's all about lifestyle. It's all about lifestyle. All right, so that's our thought for the day. 
I think so. You have another one? No, no. You're good at that. I'm not so good at that. I like to have a little exclamation mark at the end. Yes, you like to tie it all up. I, I like do. to leave it open. See, we just went full circle. <laughs> we anyway. did. Good job, Catherine, as always. Yeah, we are. You and I, we're going to have to say goodbye. So it's Lauren Deller Blake and Catherine Zox, the Catherine Zox Show, your social worker with a microphone, voiceamericavariety.com. Hope you guys had a great day, and, and Lauren and I will see you next week. hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.